today on CityCast Denver. Comedian Josh Blue rocked this past season of America's Got Talent, making it all the way to the finals last fall and winning over the judges and the audience along the way. Did you guys know that Botox was originally being invented to help people with cerebral palsy? Yeah, I just learned this. They were developing it, trying to find a way to inject the muscles so that um, it wouldn't do that. <laughs> and then somewhere along the way, they discovered that Botox also makes wrinkles go away. And then they were like, well, forget cerebral palsy. <laughs> Uh, uh, we could really be helping people. Uh, God forbid you had a crow foot. The guy with the twisty arm can wait. I love that joke, because I'm sure you can feel there's like a weird vibe that kind of moves through the room. What that is, is that's just all the people with Botox trying to frown. Right, Simon? <laughs> Thank you, that's the end of my career. Josh didn't win, even though many people thought he should have, but he didn't really need to. Josh has been famous for years, beginning with his win more than a decade ago on Last Comic Standing. And it all started right here in Denver. Josh was on the show today to tell me how the Mile High City and a little club called Comedy Works launched him into comedy stardom. Today is Tuesday, February 15th, 2022. I'm Bree Davies, and this is CityCast Denver. I just turned on airplane mode because every time I do this, I forget, and then <laughs> everybody calls me. Well, Josh Blue, welcome to CityCast Denver. Well, thanks. Thanks for having me. I'd love to start with America's Got Talent because you were a finalist last year. But of course, I mean, I know you as a, a super famous comedian already. You've already won a reality show competition, <laughs> <laughs> Last Comic Standing. But what made you want to do this all over again? Uh, I'm just trying to win all the reality shows. So <laughs> I'm moving on to Dancing with the Stars next and then survivor after that so um no you know actually um america's got talent reached out to me uh they they saw my stuff online and you know obviously i i asked them a bunch of times like are you sure you want me on remember i already won a show on your on your channel um but they were quite adamant so and again the way I look at it is AGT, there's probably no bigger stage in the world than that opportunity to do what I love and and let's make people laugh. So it's and you know, I love being on TV. So yeah. <laughs> so I know you as this Denver connected comedian and, and you're kind of a staple in the city in that way. Um, but as I was preparing to talk to you, I learned that you're not from here. How did you find your way to Denver? Uh, you know, I moved here in 2001. I graduated from college in Olympia, Washington. And I had a friend that grew up here in Denver. And basically, she just was like, hey, what are you doing when you graduate? I was like, 
I have no idea. She goes, move to Denver with me. I was like, okay. <laughs> that was like two weeks before I graduated and I just put all my worldly belongings in her car and just showed up here. And her dad ran a company here called uh, Shalom Denver. And it was a um, organization that hires disabled folks to uh, do mass mailings and just uh, shred documents, stuff that, uh, you know, severely disabled people can do. Like, so his company was renting a little shotgun shack over in the Golden Triangle area by the police station. And uh, so we lived right downtown. Our rent was like... Oh, don't tell me. It was, a, <laughs> it, it, it was like $375 for the entire house. It was like the best time of my life. You know what I'm talking about, too. It's that bail bond row. Oh, yeah. I'm picturing it right now, those old, that row of houses. Because I grew up here and I was living in, in Capitol Hill at that same time. And it was sort of like a barren, not a wasteland, but like there might be nights where you walk out of your house and you don't see a single person, you know? Yeah, it was uh, a wasteland at the time, for sure. It was <laughs> just an amazing place to get to live. And then, uh, you know... 10 minute walk to downtown like your skyscrapers and you know <laughs> so i just go wander the 16th street mall at night and <laughs> fit right in <laughs> i'm like that's a brave thing to do is wander the 16th street mall at night in 2001 <laughs> yeah i look pretty homeless so nobody messed with me really <laughs> was this when you were um starting out in in doing stand-up so i started doing stand-up in college and when I moved to Denver, little did I know that this is one of the best comedy cities in the nation. I had no idea. I really had zero experience in like the comedy scene. I was just doing it on campus. But then I got here and on one of my wandering of the city, I, I found the comedy works. And um, I was instantly just enamored with it. I was like, wow. And, you know, you see all the posters on the wall and then, and you know, who's coming next. And I remember I was standing, this is so crazy. I was standing in front of there, just looking at all these big name comics and a couple came up and they were looking at the posters too. And I said, one day my face is going to be on this wall. And they looked at me, they go, we believe you. And then, and then it was like, not too long after that, like a year, oh. I got my face on that wall and then never looked back. I've just been a comedian ever since. That is the kind of magical moment I feel like we look for as entertainers and, and artists so that we can mm -hmm. have that like, you know, yeah, you, you remember that moment. Maybe those people do or don't, but you had that moment with yourself in the city outside of, as we know, Comedy Works, one of the biggest clubs in the country. Yeah, and it was really weird. Like, you know, they could have been like, okay, buddy. I'm yeah, sure. Sure, you, sure, buddy. But the way they both were like, we believe you. I was like, thank you. And then it made it, when made it happen. And, you know, what's crazy is that I was a 10-minute bike ride from Comedy Works, from the Golden Triangle. So I quickly uh, became part of that club, and they took me under their wing, and I went to the club probably six nights a week 
I would just go there every night. They would let me sit in the back, watch anybody that was there, you know, just treat me like family. And then I just got to sit back there and watch how a comedy club is run. And then also I learned a, a bunch from people that I didn't like, you know, mm. you see a comic come through and, and, you know, they were rude to the staff and then the staff talks about them. And then, you know, then you don't see them again next year. And, and I realized that, oh, this is all connected. And then I went from being in the back of the room to being in the green room with these big name people and just like sitting there with like my idols, you know, just sitting there with like these huge name comics that, you know, I grew up watching and now I'm just like trying to not overstep my boundaries, but yet be be a member of the of the room and contribute. Do you guys have any change? <laughs> I'm for real though. <laughs> Just pass that shit forward. <laughs> don't throw it though, don't. <laughs> well, unless that's the only way you can get it up here. <laughs> Go ahead. I'll, I'll pick it up. <laughs> I was hanging in there and I was doing my thing and I just kept moving up my the ranks at the club and um, you know, I just remember just these comics giving me these little tidbits of like, hey, I noticed you didn't do the same jokes you did yesterday. You know you're supposed to say the same thing again and work that joke and make it. I was like, oh, I thought you had to make it up every time. They're like, no, make a routine. You know, I was so green. I didn't even know stuff like that. And for a while there, when I was coming up, you could see in my act each joke that I wrote, who I was working with that week because they their cadence kind of flowed into what I was doing. Like, oh, they said it this way, so I said it that way. And obviously I was able to find my own voice through all that. This episode is brought to you by the Colorado Wine Board. Because the wine community here is like surprisingly robust. I mean, think about Bigsby's Folly and Infinite Monkey Theorem here in Denver alone. And there are urban wineries all across the Front Range. Then there's the Western Slope, Peonia, I mean, Palisade. Hello, Palisade Wine, are you kidding me? It didn't used to really be a thing, but from what I hear, it's very much a thing now. There are more than 165 wineries across Colorado to explore, and they produce all sorts of wine that reflect our unique culture and climate. So finding a label that you're going to love is easy, no matter where your adventure takes you. Discover it for yourself and support local winemakers at coloradowine.com. That's coloradowine.com. So you talk a lot about your experience in the world as a person with disabilities in your act, but we still don't necessarily see a ton of folks with visible disabilities in the comedy world. Why do you think that is? Oh, I keep pushing them down. Like, <laughs> there's only know, one guy. There's only one. It can only be one disabled guy. Um, no, I mean, I definitely have seen a big uptick since I've been doing it. But again, it's just like, it's kind of an uphill battle. I mean, being a good comedian is a very hard 
thing to do in general. It's the same with like, why aren't there more female comics? You know, there's tons of really funny females, but then it's just not the whatever society who doesn't let it happen or whatever, you know? Yeah. So I feel like same with disability and you know, um as I go on the road I come across more and more, which is great to see. Yeah. But like I said, I'm number one, baby. <laughs> <laughs> um yeah, I do have a really funny story actually. After one last comic standing and I had a buddy visiting from town. And we went to Kinga's on Colfax. Of course. And, Colfax and Marion. And, and there was a comedy show. I had no idea there's a comedy show going on in the back. And I swear to God, there were three other comics with cerebral palsy before me. And I was like, <laughs> oh, I've created a monster. Like, oh, no. Like, what happened? So where are your favorite places to tell jokes now? Well... I swear this is the truth, but downtown Denver Comedy Works is the best club that you can perform in. Like, people don't even realize that's, like, one of the top clubs in the country, and it's in our own front yard, you know? Like, it's it's not even your backyard. That's your front yard, you know? And and people don't realize what an iconic club that is. So that is my top place to perform, but... It sounds cheesy, but like if there's a microphone and, and people there to laugh, then it's good enough for me. You know, uh, I can make it work in a barn. I can make it work in a church. I can make it work wherever, you know, so as long as the setup is right and the people are there to hear it, I love it. I was actually born in Cameroon, West Africa. Yeah, my dad was over there uh, teaching English. And uh, my mom was there too. (laughs) Guess that's how that works. (laughs) So you're famous. Why are you still in Denver? Uh, You know, (laughs) uh, well, I have this theory after one last comic standing, it was like, I'm a touring comic, so I don't really need to be discovered in L.A. or New York. So I already have the work. And as far as acting goes, like, if you need a guy with cerebral palsy, you know where to find me. You know, I'm not, I'm not going to go out for all these movie auditions and be like, yes, that's really lovely, but can you do it without the palsy? You know, like, <laughs> oh, yeah. So as good of an actor as I am I can't unact that aspect of my life and plus um, I have my two kids here and you know I have my home here and all my friends and my people and you know like I said like people like oh what do you do when you're not touring on the road I'm like I go to comedy work you know like like you go to your job to I'm like yeah that's what I like to do like that's my family I've known those servers longer than most other people I've come across, you know, so uh, Denver for me is, is home. Josh Lou, thank you so much. This was wonderful. My pleasure. What a delight. And here's what else is happening in Denver today. Colorado's Camp Amachi will not be an official National Historic Site, at least not yet. 
According to the Associated Press, Senator Mike Lee of Utah opposed the designation of Amachi, the former site of a concentration camp that imprisoned Japanese Americans during World War II. Lee claims that he's against the designation, not because of its historical merits, but because it would increase the amount of land overseen by the federal government. Tina Peters, noted QAnon conspiracy theorist and Mesa County clerk who was arrested last week for, among other things, obstructing government operations, has announced her run for Secretary of State. Peters made the announcement on Steve Bannon's online TV show, of all places. According to the Colorado Sun, quote, Peters was barred from having any oversight role in the 2021 election because of the ongoing local, state, and federal criminal investigations into her conduct. That's quite a platform to run on, Tina. That's all for today here on CityCast Denver. If you enjoyed the show, why not take a minute to tell a friend about us, rate the show wherever you get your podcasts, and subscribe to our morning newsletter. We've got a deep dive on Josh Blue's career with a ton of hilarious clips. All you've got to do is subscribe at denver.citycast.fm. We'll be back tomorrow morning with more news from around the city. Bye. So you're famous. Why do you still live? Why are you still? So some people might suspect that you're famous. I don't know how to say this naturally. So you're famous.